practical. We just want to share something, just encourage us, uh, some practical things about being a dad. Um, on Father's Day, I don't have to do any chores. I'm already a winner. But um, on the... On on the 25th of April, uh, 2003, at uh, Botany Downs Maternity Ward at 6.21pm, um, I qualified as a dad. Oh, that's when Zachariah was born, my eldest. Zach's here somewhere. He's nearly taller than me. But um, that's when the moment that everything changed for me. A few years la- uh, earlier, um, obviously nine months earlier, Lid surprised me with that little um, the little stick thing that tells you that you're pregnant. Oh, I'm not pregnant, but um, she was pregnant. And then uh, she came and she put it in an envelope and she goes, oh, I've got a present for you. And I said, oh, cool. Oh, man, vouchers or something. And then um, it wasn't a voucher. It was actually better. So I opened this envelope up and inside was the maternity stick thing. Uh, I looked at it and I thought to myself, first I couldn't even read the writing. And I looked closer and it said it was a baby thing. I thought, Two stripes, pregnant. Two stripes. And honestly, I didn't click. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're pregnant. We're pregnant. No, you're pregnant, and I'm going to be a dad. I was blown away, and we started this journey to become parents. And I remember when Zach was born, I was crying in the room. And um, first, I was crying. At what obviously the, the journey would be on, but also with um, this responsibility of a child in my hands. And there he is. There he is. Right there. That's Zachariah. Zach, give everyone a wave. That handsome boy there. And I'm privileged to be um, the father of obviously five boys. And my most responsibility is I've got to raise them up to be God fearing, loving, respectful boys. And it's a hard, it's a hard job being a dad. Um, because our kids sometimes don't listen. And so I really wanted to share just a little bit of that and also just uh, the scripture that the Lord laid in my heart. If you've got your Bibles, you can write this down, just some practical things. In Matthew three thirteen, it says, See, Jesus, this one, this is when Jesus was baptized, and it says, Jesus then appeared, arriving at the Jordan River from Galilee. He wanted John the baptizer. Now, John was obviously... Jesus' cousin, and then uh, so Jesus shows up, and John said, uh, objected, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you. But Jesus insisted, do it. God's work, putting things right all these centuries is coming together right now in the baptism. So John did it. So John baptized, obviously, his cousin Jesus. That moment, Jesus came out of the water, the baptismal waters, the skies opened up and they saw God's spirit and it looked like a dove descending and landing on him. And along with his spirit, a voice, this is my son, chosen and marked by my love, delighted, a delight of my life. Pretty cool words, eh? From the Father. And that's from the message version of the Bible. Three things I just want to, some practical things that I got out of that scripture. Number one, for any parent, uh, kids need to see you. I love the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his son, but also God showed up for his son. Heaven's opened, and he was right there. Your kids need to see you. You know your presence in your kid's life is more important than your provision. And I, I remember growing up in a Samoa, really hardcore house, and my dad was always working hard. He was a hard worker. 
and uh, many Polynesians and uh, Maori are like that because they just get it done, head down, work like an ox, just pay the bills, pay for the clothes, put food on the table. Who's like that? Hands up. And I remember thinking that just my dad being in my life was more important than what he provided for us. So parents, for you, um, you know, you don't have to provide everything. You don't have to get the latest things for your kids. It's just being in the life of your child that matters. You can work all your life so hard, and then you realize that the most important legacy that you're leaving behind are your kids. So point number one, I want to encourage you, your kids need to see you. If you're seeing your life and you're realizing that you're working so hard and so hard for what? For your family? Then you realize your family don't even see you. I want to ask you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I actually need to spend more time with my kids because the kids need to see you. So kids need to see your parents. Uh, parents need to see the kids. What it does for them, and it actually brings pride. We went to watch uh, Micah as an assembly, and I try my best to, this is what I do as a, um, as a pastor. So I do my best to pick up my kids. Why? Because um, I want to just not to be a good pastor. I want to be a good dad. And I want you to realize that, that I actually show up for my kids. And uh, Micah goes to us, are you going to come to our assembly? And I was thinking, oh, I've got this meeting, I've got this meeting. And then Lid done the look at me and she goes. And then when, you know when your wife does a look at you, you either look down or you look away <laughs> or you look into your eyes and then you get hypnotized. But then I, I remember I just had to cancel one meeting in the afternoon and just went along to Micah's. Um, Micah's assembly, and he was doing a, he was, he was a, oh, a lion or a tiger? A lion. And you know what? At the back, we're right at the back of the assembly hall. And you know your kids, they're always looking out for you. Eh? And we're sitting at the back there, and then the lion came on the stage. And the lion was looking. <laughs> Micah was looking for us. And do you know what? He went to another level in his acting, and he stood there proud, right in the middle of the choir, just standing at us. And he was looking at us, and I thought to myself, you know, sometimes the presence of us in our lives and the lives of our kids actually gives them pride to be who they are. So don't forget that. Even if you can't make an assembly, just even writing a note to say, I love you, I'm going to be out of, time, out of town, but I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I'm right there with you. Point number two, I love the fact that the Holy Spirit came down and rested. One of the translations said rested. That means he came down and the, like a dove and rested. Parents, dads, your kids need to feel you in their life. Your touch. Your embrace. Your love. So don't just be there. Be there physically as well, emotionally. I was reading a great book by Ian Grant, uh, Raising Boys. And it talks about three things that your kids need in their life. It's um, routine, rules, and ridiculousness. <laughs> I like the ridiculousness part. And that's all about just, being, just wrestling with your kids and wrestling with boys. And it's about just having fun with your kids, but also being there physically, feeling them beside you, feeling them just in terms of, hey, I'm here for you. I'm so proud of you. And what I try and do with my boys, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm growing in this, is that I try, when we shake hands, I pull them in and we hug. And when they have a special moment, I grab their face. And some of them just go, oh, so awkward, so awkward. Especially now I've got teenagers, they're like, oh my gosh. Oh. So I grab their face and I just go, I love you, so proud of you. 
And Zach played an awesome game of basketball last week. And I grabbed him and I said, in the car, we sat in the car. And he looked at me and I go, was that good? And I said, grabbed him and I said, that was so good, my boy. Just things like that. Let them be in, you got to let them see you, let them feel you. And the last one was this, the father spoke to the son. This is my son. I'm well pleased. Parents, fathers, speak. Your parents, your kids need to hear you. So not just see you, not just feel you, but hear you. They need to hear your voice. Your voice is the most powerful voice that can be in their life right now for them. If your kids are between the ages of 11 and 14, these are key age groups for decisions in their life. Their friends that they have around them, you get the opportunity to speak into their lives about their friends. Because I'm being be honest, with our boys, they've got some great friends and then they have some not so great friends. And so what we try and do as parents is help them see the difference. You've got to understand that your children, their brain, the frontal lobe is not fully, the decision-making part of their brain doesn't fully develop until 21. So now as a parent, you've got to help them <laughs> make right decisions. It's a biological thing. But the thing is that as parents, you have the right, dads, you have the right to speak into the lives of your kids. And they're going to go to you like we did when we were young. You don't know anything. What do you know? You, you're old. Like, that's what you used to do back in, like, 1700s. But the thing is that your advice and the way you live out your life is important for them. So speak into their life. I, every opportunity I get to sit with my boys, and it may be just playing basketball on the court and showing them I can still do a three-pointer from outside and then get them to record it while I do it. The thing is that for them, we have life lessons along this journey. And speaking into your life is so important. So it's not just about being there. It's not just about the physical touch. But it's also about the voice. My boy, my girl, I'm so proud of you. You're such a beautiful person. If you've got fathers, if you've got girls, be the hero that they want to see. So that when they get older, they go, I want someone just like my dad that respected me for who I was and didn't and looked after me. If you've got boys and you're raising them, you're the best example for your kids. That's why I've got to watch what I say around my kids and I've got to watch what I do around my kids and also watch my attitude around my kids because they pick it up all the time. If you can do this in your life, if your, the kids can see you and feel you in your lives and hear you, what it'll, what it'll do is this. When they see you, it'll bring pride to them. When they feel you, it'll bring peace to them. And when they hear you, it'll give them purpose. Those are some three tips that I hope will help you. Let me pray. So can we get around to our dads? Is that okay? And we're going to pray for our dads. So if you see your husband um, or to someone that doesn't have anyone pray for, so come on out. We're going to pray for them now. Go stand beside someone. You can rest a hand. Just ask them if it's okay for you. Just in case, no, don't touch me. It's my day.
Let's pray together. Father, we just want to thank you for our dads. We thank you that uh, these dads showed up. These dads, stood, they stood around and they waited and they recognized that that was their child. And they didn't walk away like many of the society does when they see a responsibility. I just want to thank you for our dads this morning. I pray that you would grace them with many more years of fatherhood and they'll be able to see their children's children. We pray for generations, Lord God. I thank you that you're God of generations of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I pray that our fathers will realize that one day they can look back in their life and they've left a, a great legacy for their kids and their kids' kids. We thank you for them. Pray blessing over them. Prosper them, Lord God, in their health and well-being and also just uh, provision as well, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before we finish off this morning, um, I'd just really like to honor our single mums. You know, I know we have a few in the house here this morning, and you're raising your children on your own. Um, I take my hat off to you. You know, it's such a, a big job, but just know, like I said earlier, you have your Heavenly Father to call on. And, and close friends and family, just don't be shy to ask for help. You know, like I, I just think, um, you know, us mamas, we're strong and we like to do everything on our own, but there are people that, that want to help and want to step in and, and look for father figures. If there's uncles and cousins that, that your children can look up to, then just call on them. Um, but, yeah, thank you. Thank you for this morning to all our helpers, Ling and Millie and, oh, uh, Amber and Natasha, everyone that helped set up Lauren. Our pregnant Lauren was making all the coffees this morning. There was so many. All the youth serving, so many of you. Thank you so much. Vernon and Tails at the back and everyone that helped make this morning happen. But before we end, I did forget our two Father's Day jokes. You know, you can't have a, a day like today and have a couple of dad jokes, but I'm not going to do them. So I'm going to invite Khan and Taimon up the front and they've just got a few jokes to end today. Let's go, boys. They better be funny. No pressure. These are dad jokes. They're not meant to be funny. Morning. <laughs> so this is my joke. The husband says, oh, the weather is lovely today. Shall we go out for a quick jog? The wife replies, ha, ha, ha. I love the way you pronounce, shall we go out and have a cake? Okay, this is my one. Um, why did the blind man fall in the well? Because he couldn't see that well. <laughs>